Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Morning, everybody. My name is Brad Caldwell. I'm the CEO of Spark Business Strategies. It's a branding and marketing firm in North Carolina. I love what I do. I love the opportunity to help businesses, business leaders, 
brands and um, influencers as you would figure out their message, their audience, and the best way to develop a true ROI, true return on investment in what it is that they do. That's what I get to do for a living. But here every Wednesday at 1030 in the morning on the East Coast of the United States, I get to do this segment with Breakfast with Champions. And for the last couple of months, we've been leading through. You have sent me questions. You have sent me uh, subjects of leadership challenges. And so we've tried to say how we would lead through those different um, challenges. And I got one a couple of weeks ago that I had no, I don't know, it didn't make sense to me. Obviously, I didn't tell the person who sent it that it didn't make sense to me, but I said, okay, I won't, I won't do that one. And it was about opportunity. How do you lead through opportunity? And I, just, I don't know. I just didn't get it. I was like, man, I appreciate your trust, but I'm the wrong leader for that one. I don't know the answer. Because opportunity, for me, is not a synonym for success. Now, we've talked about leading through winning. We've talked about that. We've talked about how to lead through success. But getting an opportunity doesn't mean you're going to get a win. In fact, that's not even remotely what an opportunity is. An opportunity is really the recognition that you're about to walk on tension. Not walk in attention, walk on tension. We'll get more into that in a, in a moment. All last week, <clears throat> and the reason that this is the segment that I'm, I'm doing this week, I got to speak at a conference out of state. Now, for a lot of us, out of state anything anymore is just a blessing. I was on an airplane with people. I ate peanuts and drank a ginger ale I didn't enjoy and flew into an airport I've never been to, to stay at a hotel I've never seen, and actually got to see some people from Clubhouse, but a bunch of people I've never seen before. And like 600 people, and I get to talk to them briefly about what I love doing as, as one very small part of a very large conference. And by every conceivable standard, that's a huge opportunity for me, as any speaking engagement is that I get asked to be a part of. But yesterday, my first day back, now I'm, I'm a father of three. My youngest child wasn't feeling well, so he stayed home. Mom got her first day off in like eight, nine days while I've been traveling and, and out of state. So I stayed with our two-year-old, just rested with him. And then my team started to call. Now, we don't have a very big team at Spark. Um, we do that for a handful of reasons. The primary one is... I don't know if I can lead a lot of people if we're being super candid. Never really thought about it. Never really tried it. Last time I led a lot of people was a, was a, was a smaller, uh, a smaller opportunity to lead in a large organization. So I had like 12 people. Spark has like 10 and two a man and woman. Everybody called yesterday morning. Everybody called to ask about my opportunity. Brad, how'd it go? Brad, what's next? What's new? What's changed? Do we have new clients? Do we have new partners? Are you still doing the same thing you, you were doing last week when you left? What's new? Like, and I was like, man, opportunity for the leader and for the organization can apparently really unsettle the team. So how do we lead our teams when we've had an opportunity? How do we lead 
the team, the company, when we, the leader, or the spokesperson for the organization that has had the opportunity, when that opportunity falls in front of us, how do we communicate to our team? Now, I'm going to give a couple caveats. I'm going to give a filter at the beginning and then an overlaying explanation of all opportunity at the end. So here's the filter at the beginning. There are really two kinds of opportunities. There's individual and there's corporate. If you're listening to this passively on a podcast and you're like, well, Brad, I don't run a corporation and I don't currently have an individual opportunity. Yeah, but my 12-year-old is trying out for soccer and that's an opportunity he has in his life that has affected the entire house. Because now we take him to the track so he can work on cardio. We take him to the field so he can work on a shot. It changed the way we purchase Christmas gifts for him this year. Because what's an opportunity for him ends up being an opportunity that changes the dynamic of our home. So even if it's just your house, in my house, when one person gets an opportunity, five lives are impacted. And that's just in our four walls, right? So how much more then for the leader? in whatever it is that you lead, does your opportunity impact those you lead? So we'll recognize that opportunities can be individual, opportunities can be corporate. You know what that means. Individual is an opportunity that's isolated to you that doesn't really impact anyone else, and most people don't really know about it. Corporate is literally all the other kinds of opportunities. And so as I, I really started taking notes when when the web designer calls and when the graphic artist called and the copywriter called and the other copywriter called and the SEO strategist called and the person who does my social media ads called and the other graphic designer called and then a client called. I realized that really there were two kinds of questions being asked. So if you do take notes, it's really just two kinds of opportunities. The first one is growth. Brad, what'd you learn? These are the learning opportunities. Last week, a day before I spoke, I heard an all-world athlete, and I mean on earth, considered the greatest of all time at what they did. Talk about intimidating when you know you're going to be on that stage like in 24 hours. But I heard him talk about his career in Spain. And the interviewer asked a great question. What do you attribute, if not your wins and media, and not that it's a sport that people have paid a lot of attention to, what do you base your fame on, your success, your, your mindset, your, your work ethic, your workout routines, your, your study, your strategy? What did you base it all on? And this, this man who's been around a, a long, long time, his name is Jack Nicklaus. He's considered widely the greatest golfer of all time. He said, I made a lot of four-foot putts, small things, unnoticed, but irrevocably career-changing. He said, everybody notices when you sink a 60-footer, but you win tournaments when you make the four-foot putt. So I got back to my hotel that night and emailed my entire team. 
about perfecting the four foot, four foot putt of our work. We're making a list right now. What are the things that we're all doing that go unnoticed? See, because they got that email from me, they knew I grew and I shared because leaders share their learnings and we share the opportunity to grow, especially with our own people, right? Moms and dads teach their kids, husbands and wives communicate to one another. Colleagues talk about what they could do to be more efficient in the office at the cubicle, working remotely in the world that we live in now. And I would hope that leaders lead through the articulation of growth opportunities. And that was the primary thing my team wanted to know about. What else did you learn? Because that email was crazy. Where are your notes? And if you're like me, there's a bunch of chicken scratch and weird diagrams that don't make sense. And, and in the digital world, screenshots you took of PowerPoint slides and, and I gotta put it all together in my head. And this is only my second day back and I do have a company to run. So I, I haven't put my notes together. So I keep deflecting. I'll get to it guys, I, I'll get to it. I'll, I'll wrap my mind around what I've learned. I'll share with you my growth opportunities, I promise. Because if you have opportunities to grow and you want to lead through opportunity, you share your growth. But the second kind, the second version of opportunities, if you will, are transition. Transition opportunities are really just a highbrow way to say change. And change is scary. Um, change is scary for me when I'm talking about me. It, it just is. But for those of us that have the opportunity to change, for, for change to show up right in front of us, we know a bunch of factors about the change. We know more factors about the change than generally anybody else. So think of every person you speak to about the opportunity for change transition. Based on that one degree of separation, they know less about it than you do. So for our teams, seeing the leader have an opportunity for transition is alarming. I posted pictures of me speaking on a stage. And to my team, they celebrated that growth opportunity for me. And then as my, one of my teammates who I've known most of my entire life who works for me, he said, and it was really cool until I read all the comments and now I realize how many more people know your name. What's gonna change? What's gonna change? I hadn't thought about change. I had thought about things like, is my- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Tie crooked. Am I wearing matching shoes today? Can I walk up and give my talk on stage without notes? I wasn't thinking, what am I transitioning to 
in this moment? What opportunity is in front of me that has never been in front of me before? That never crossed my mind. But simply by making a post as the leader, as the owner of two companies, one, my entire team sends me messages of either encouragement or fear. And business partners in the other company are like, hey, big shot, you still going to be able to make the meeting? Because the transition opportunity frightens people who don't know what's going on. For our teams, they see their leader have an opportunity for transition. And they have questions. Are they leaving, changing roles? Is the company changing? So many questions. And more often than not in my life, those transitioning things have been good for everybody. We, we created a table very much like Breakfast with Champions at Spark where everybody eats. Everybody eats at this table. Everybody eats at my company, both my companies. Because I get to work with my friends. And I get to work with some of my family. Like, like, the, like the kind that Emily said you, you want to hang on to and, and, and be around and, and give space to. That's the family members I get to work with. So if you've communicated this kind of opportunity to your team, whether you did it on purpose or involuntarily, like you made a post on Instagram and now your team has questions because they know who was in the audience while you were talking. And they know some of the names of people who commented on a post. They know my schedule in between talks. If you've communicated in any way that there's an opportunity for transition in your life or in the life of your company, Keep communicating. Don't leave your team hanging. Speak clearly. As leaders, we are always challenged by the juxtaposition between being transparent and maintaining boundaries. And that tension is important. It is not to be ignored. It's to be owned, to be figured out, and to be walked through. Hear that again. As leaders, we are always challenged by the juxtaposition between transparency and boundaries. Own it, and don't pick one or the other. That would be a mistake. Because not only is your team watching you, your team is trusting you. Trust is so valuable, so hard to acquire, so worthy of investment, and so easily lost. I remember my, my grandfather said trust is like chapstick. When you need it, you really, really need it. And when you don't need it, you slip it in your pocket and it falls into the couch cushion and you won't find it again for weeks. Mind the trust because it's valuable. So I said at the beginning that I would give a filter for the two kinds of opportunity. I would say individual and corporate. And then I said through, through messages from my own teams, I've learned there's really just two kinds of opportunities. Your team is watching for you. If they're ready to celebrate with you, they're looking at your growth opportunities. But if they're worried, it's the transition opportunities. And the real reason that this is a challenge, the real reason that this is daunting is because there's this big overlay of all opportunities, of all of them, and it's called potential. 
So if we could say there are two kinds of opportunities, individual and corporate, but all opportunities are potential. And within those are growth and tension. So if all opportunities are potential, how do we handle opportunities today, leader? And I'll be candid with you. I do not love the word balance. I've never really, in my adult life, never really enjoyed the word balance. I think it's overused and underapplied. I think sometimes we imply and infer that we have balance when we are out of balance, which means we're not being transparent, which means we will lose trust. We say the word balance too often. But when I think of balance, I picture a tightrope walker. I know the circus isn't really a thing anymore, but you can picture that, right? The tightrope walker. When I first started blogging, like however many, gosh, 20 years ago that was, and you could just, without any fear of ramification, find a picture on the internet and just rip it off and put it on your blog. There was this one of very close up of a pair of shoes that almost looked like um, ballet slippers. There were black shoes standing on a black rope and you could see the feet of the tightrope walker almost wrapped around the cord from like the ball of the foot through the arch almost completely turned over. Because on that cord, they rested everything. They might have been standing on their feet, but their whole life hung in the balance. See, because that's what I think balance is. I don't think balance is I have a work life and I have a family life and I have to learn to balance those. I think that's a, I don't think that's true. I think balance requires tension. You've never seen a slack rope walker. In fact, slacklining was popular when I was in college and you'd see somebody tie, looks like a bungee cord, a little bit wider than that if you've never seen it, between two trees that can handle their weight. And then they would bounce up and down on this cord. But it wasn't, they didn't bounce in the moments where the cord had no tension. They were propelled greater when the tension was at its greatest point. When they were resting and sitting, the line held them, but it held them in place. But we don't admire the, the great feats of the tightrope sitter. We admire the tightrope walker. An intentional decision to place both feet out into a certain tension, a tight line between where you stand and where you want to go, where you are and your goal, tons of potential, but also so much risk. Because you've never thought of the word rope and pictured anything other than a narrow cord. It's narrow. The reason the, the photo in my head from a blog in 1999, 2000 is so vivid is because I can picture a foot wrapping around a cord 
because the cord is like an eighth of the width of the foot. Ropes are narrow. Potential is not about the tension you walk across to get there as much as it is about the goal that the tension connects you to. Why do we tell people not to look down when they're somewhere really high? Because that's the moment you have to deal with the tension and only the tension. You forget the goal. When you fly in a hot air balloon, look out. When you fly in an airplane, look out. I would assume when you walk across a tightrope, you probably don't look down. You certainly don't stare at the rope. I would assume you would keep your eyes on the goal, the stanchion at the other end of that rope, the goal that justifies the tension that you feel from leaving where you were to heading to where you're going. I've never had a busier year, lots of wins, but also a lot of opportunities that resulted in me falling right off that rope. And of course it bothers me, but this is leading through opportunity, leading through opportunity. And so if I'm standing on the rope, it is either for my growth or my transition and my team is watching. And we must mind the team. We are not leaders of our products. We are not leaders of our service. We are not leaders of our mission. We're leaders of our people. And you could be the greatest visionary in the world, but if no one's walking with you, you just have good eyesight. So as we lead today, I hope you are bombarded with opportunities. Oh, I hope they flood in. I hope there are good ones that you can run right across. I hope there are hard ones that you have to really lean into. And as you navigate them, you take your experience and your intuition, your intellect, and your accountability, and you choose which ropes to stand on. But today, whatever your opportunities are, remember leader, you are leading through them. And that's what I've got today. For those of you who are unaware, the replay on on this episode, this show on Clubhouse only works for right at six hours. So when that little clock clicks to 1054, I'm going to have to shut this room down, and we're going to head over to the social media show where our brilliant friends over there are going to be talking about, I think it's social audio today, um, and it's going to be wonderful. I hope you join. I'll hop over there as well. I want to thank you guys uh, for listening in, for giving me your time and your attention. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.